now, The Whole Home Show with Tony Joe on CFAX 1070. Hi there, you're listening to The Whole Home Show, and I'm Tony Joe. Brought to you in part by Denise Webster, mortgage broker with Dominion Lending Services Modern Mortgage Group, and Lori Zorn, insurance manager for Island Savings. If you need an opinion from experts in insurance and mortgages, Denise and Lori are great people to talk with. If you'd like to get in touch with them, just visit the cfax1070.com website and look under shows to find us, The Whole Home Show with Tony Joe. There you'll find their contact information or... You can always reach out to me uh, online or on social media. I'd be happy to connect you. Also, if you are looking for an expert realtor to help buy or sell your property, don't forget, that is my job. I love being here on CFAX for you every weekend, but of course, real estate's what I've been doing for 26 years, and I'd be happy to help you. Today, our special guest is one of Victoria's most prolific condominium developers, David Chard. We'll be speaking with David about why he decided to branch out from Vancouver to Victoria, what his experience have been like here, and we'll also be discussing his thoughts on housing affordability. We'll start our show as we always do, and that's with our weekly listener question. If you have a question or curiosity about real estate, call us on our hotline. It's 250-414-6540, or again, find us online at www.cfax1070.com and we'll discuss it on air. This week I had an email from Madeline. Madeline's message read, I'm torn because I know someone who wants to buy my home, but I'm not sure if I'll do better on the open market. How can I test the market while still keeping my buyer interested? Thanks for messaging us, Madeline. So, um, from what you've given me here, I'm guessing what you're saying is you have someone interested as in a private sale and the buyer probably would like to buy, to buy your home without you going to market. The uh, potential benefits there, of course, are it's easy and it's simple for you. It would mean that you wouldn't have to go through what is often a painful process of getting the house ready for sale, having showings, doing maybe open houses, the marketing that agents do, uh, and all of those things. Uh, Plus, the benefit potentially for both you and this buyer are real estate fees. I mean, that is something that people often uh, feel is going to be an advantage to them if they're buying privately, not having to pay real estate fees. And that does happen. I mean, obviously, I'm in the real estate business. I do get paid by sellers or buyers uh, who want to buy or sell real estate. But we know as a fact, speaking to the lawyers in uh, Victoria here on a percentage basis, there's probably around 7 or 8% of all the transactions that occur in Greater Victoria that are done privately. Now, granted, some of those are, for instance, estate sales or sold uh, between family members. But there is the occasional situation where you do bump into a uh, a person who wants to buy your house and of course that is just fine now your question Madeline was would you do better on the open market well this is the biggest question especially when the market is strong if it's a strong real estate market the lingering question in your mind is gonna be well hey if I sold to this person here I'll never know if I was on the open market could I have gotten the multiple offers of course every seller wants a bidding war. They want to be able to sell $5,000, $10,000, $100,000 over list price. That's always difficult to uh, to get, actually virtually impossible to get, unless you're on the open market. The open market being, uh, of course, posted on 
what everyone knows is the MLS system. That's where all of the agents in Greater Victoria, actually in British Columbia, have access to your property. Uh, it is the way that um, we as realtors are able to generate all this activity uh, to, to generate these multiple offer situations here. Uh, your question, Madeline, I'm guessing here is a case of wanting, uh, wanting one's cake and eating it too. Uh, so I will give you some advice here. The The first thing is when you're dealing with a private sale and with this buyer, make sure you get the numbers right. Because one of the things that I have seen over the years is sellers really shortchanging themselves when it comes to selling their home. And just stepping back again, talking about this whole real estate fee and commission thing. It, I mean, it does exist. Sure. But the question is, who's going to benefit are you, the seller, going to benefit by not having to pay real estate fee and therefore selling at market value? Or is the buyer trying to buy your house at market value minus real estate fees? There is a gap there. And the piece of advice that I would give to you as I give to everyone is it should be a fair agreement. Because, like I said, uh, either you will benefit or the buyer will benefit. Why don't you try to take the middle ground so that you sell your house maybe uh, halfway in between the seller savings and the buyer savings uh, on the real estate fee? All you need to do is just determine the market value of the house. You can get that done by getting a appraisal done, or you can ask a trusted realtor. I get asked this often. In fact, I was asked this just about two weeks ago from a, um, a friend of mine who had this exact same situation that you have here right now. I helped her out with a, an evaluation, and what we did is we determined the math. So we know what the market value of that house is. In this particular case, it's $800,000, uh, and we subtracted what would be the real estate fees to go to market, uh, and we picked the middle ground of those real estate fees. So basically, it's fair for both her and also for the person who's uh, who's buying the home. And like I said, the benefits that I discussed with you earlier here about the fact that she's not going to have to go through the whole idea of uh, going to market. Now, the other part is the, um, you know, how to make sure that you're doing your best. Um, well, you could still go to market. If you have an agreement with this uh, private buyer, you could have basically a right of first refusal. So uh, you could tell them that you still intend to go to market. You still want to find out if you will get multiple offers, but you could list the buyer as an exclusion so basically, the realtor would say, all right, um, we'll go to open market. However, uh, Jane Doe is excluded from the listing agreement. Uh, and if they do end up purchasing the house, then um, you could revert back to the agreement that you had with them before. Now, of course, the tricky thing there is your buyer, Jane Doe, might not like this because at the end of the day, she might end up having to compete with all the other buyers who might be interested in your house. Uh, of course, this is what is a benefit to you because it's that whole bidding war situation where you might end up getting that higher dollar, which is exactly what you're asking because you were wondering about whether or not you could still benefit from 
having multiple offers. It's just a, it's a lot of conversation. You're going to want to make sure that you get everything vetted through your lawyer, by the way. So if you're going to have a purchase agreement done outside of real estate, make sure it is something that is uh, strong. It is something that will hold up in court. Uh, again, we've heard too many uh, stories about private sales that have gone sideways, and we wouldn't want that to happen to you as well, too. For the rest of our listeners, if you have a real estate question you'd like answered on our show, please visit the cfax1070.com website or, again, call our hotline, which is 250-414-6540. And if you're just joining us right now and you missed the beginning of our show, you can always hear us on our podcasts, which are on iTunes or Google Play. It's the whole home show with Tony Joe, uh, or of course, visit the cfax1070.com website where all of CFAX's shows uh, are there online and streaming for you to listen to. Uh, the other thing, too, is we've had so many great guests here on our show, and I'm always looking for more. If you have a business or product that is home or real estate related, and you'd like to be a guest on this program, or if you know somebody who might be a great, great guest on this program here, just let me know. Um, before we get to our break and then our guest today, just want to quickly talk about what's happening out there in the real estate market. Uh, I always enjoy looking at marketplaces across the country, specifically in the areas of Vancouver and Toronto. I'll be talking with David about that because he also has uh, developments in those two marketplaces as well. Uh, Victoria remains a robust little real estate market, which is always amazing considering the size of Victoria relative to the metropolitan areas like Toronto or Vancouver. Uh, people are often asking if the bubble is going to burst. And as I've said many times before, the market fundamentals here in Victoria with all of the economic factors that we have here, combined with the fact that we've got a high net migration rate of people moving into the capital city here, uh, really tell us that things might slow down a little bit. We're not going to see the 10 or 20 or 50% drops that people are hoping for. Anyways, we're going to take a quick little break right now. When we come back, we'll be here with our guest, David Chard. You're listening to The Whole Home Show with Tony Joe on CFAX 1070. Hi there. Thanks for joining us. This is The Whole Home Show here on CFAX 1070, and I'm Tony Joe. Our guest today for the rest of the show is developer David Chard. David started in 1994 and in Victoria here specifically, his first project was completed in 2006, known as Corazon. So far to date, uh, he's built 491 suites in Victoria in six projects. Project names that you might be familiar with. Corazon, as I mentioned, Juliet, Escher, Duet, Sovereign, which, by the way, is the first building in Victoria that has the first uh, car elevator. Maybe we'll have a chance to talk about that a little later. Uh, and also 834 Johnson. Uh, they currently have 209 units under construction at 819 Yates. Uh, there's more uh, units that are uh, under development that he's going to tell us about. Uh, he, there's also 608 units in Vancouver and North Vancouver being developed. Uh, David, I would say you are a pretty busy developer. Thank you for taking the time and coming to our show today. 
Tony, my pleasure to be here. Thank you very much for the invitation. Yes. Well, you know, one of the first things I do want to start off with here in our conversation is I, I've bumped into you. I've, I've met you so many times because you go to a lot of um, things like housing forms. We were at one just, uh, I think it was about a month ago. Um, I see you at community fundraising events. Um, I I think it is, uh, it's admirable that someone who is uh, in the community and actually somewhat new in the Victoria community uh, is coming and is, is being involved in, in all of these um, uh, charitable and fundraising events. So, you know, thank you very much. And, and I think the listeners need to know. Um, it seems to me that you really are uh, becoming part of Victoria's community here. Well, as uh, you started saying, uh, I have been here quite a while now. Uh, you know, we completed our Corazon project in uh, 2006. And I'll say I just enjoy working in Victoria. Uh, it's, um, there's, there's a lot of uh, good contractors, good sub-trades, uh, good realtors, it's uh, lawyers and so on. Everyone is a pleasure to deal with, yeah. not to mention the city itself. Um, we do an awful lot of... Uh, uh, discussions with the city of Victoria on our projects, um, whether it's also dealing with CMHC. Um, everyone is very friendly to work with, and oh. uh, I find that enjoyable. And we like to, uh, you know, give back to the community, given we are uh, working here a lot. So I've had other developers and builders on our show here before, but it's interesting because they're all local, uh, locally based. So it's very interesting to hear you say that about the working environment here. I mean, one of the first things I was going to ask you was what what brought you to Victoria? Like what caught your eye in the Victoria market that um, that got you interested? Uh, a realtor brought a property to me, said, uh, would you be interested in looking at this? I looked at it. I thought it sounds uh, sounds interesting. Came over, looked at it, and uh, and we acquired it, and that was the Corazon site. Wow. Uh, from there, we have just gone from uh, project to project. Uh, fortunate that different properties have been brought to us that uh, caught my attention, um, or they've been uh, listed on the uh, on the market, and uh, so we we try to keep a couple of projects on the go uh, at any one time because the lead time on a project is quite lengthy. Yeah. Uh, someone was asking me the other day, well, how long does a project really take? Very typical from start to finish, we're seven years on a project. Even uh, here in Victoria? Even here in Victoria. Okay. Uh, by the time we buy it, we take it through the rezoning process, you design it, you build it, you move them in, you uh, are dealing on warranty matters. Uh, it's, it's a long process. I was uh, I was in a meeting actually uh, recently in Florida with the uh, VP of Sales and Development um, from a developer in Toronto, uh, Tridel, big uh, big big company. And it's interesting that you mentioned seven years because he was telling me as well in Toronto, it's often a twelve year a twelve year process. So and you've done developments in Toronto as well too. So uh, it's going back a little ways that uh, that I did those projects. So we don't have anything on the go in in Toronto. Toronto. Um, our our focus uh, is Vancouver and Victoria. Yeah. Well, I mean. Seven years, that, that's a risky proposition because, of course, one of the things that you can ever foresee as a developer is what the market is going to be like in five years, six years, seven years. That is the big risk uh, of being a developer. And uh, definitely we've seen market swings. Uh, the one that is certainly uh, was very prevalent and I'm sure uh, still in your mind was uh, 2008, 2009. Oh, yes. yeah. And, uh, you know, basically the market stopped there. Yeah. Um, we, we made a decision in 2009, are we going to slow down? Or are we you know, just going to pull right back? 
uh, we, we saw an opportunity. There was a need for housing, and we continued to develop. And it was at that point we developed uh, our 834 project on, yes. uh, on Johnson. Uh-huh. And um, you've, you've got to be prepared for those upswings and downswings. And uh, we, we try to be prepared, you, but um, um, you, you never know what's coming. But we, we, I consider that we are cautious, and uh, we, we do study our markets uh, very uh, very extensively. As you must. Uh, I'm here with David Chard. David is a developer here in Victoria. Uh, you talked about Corazon. That was your first development here. I, I remember, I mean, those of us who are longtime Victorians, I mean, even that itself too, that site was a bit of a risky site. I mean, you had a, a parking lot across the street. Uh, there was the, um, uh, just up the street across from Blanchard, that the needle exchange was there. Uh, at the time, and, and it was an area that, that uh, one would say was definitely in, um, in development. I will say it was a, a touch on the fringe, yes. uh, but very close to um, the city hall. Uh, you know, it was a half a block from the city hall. Um, so I've always looked for, um, for sites that uh, uh, are on the, on the fringe of, um, of, of cities. Yeah. Uh, that's been sort of my, uh, my target. Um, and there's opportunities. Uh, it, in my opinion, it was an area in transition. Uh, it wasn't uh, very long after uh, the Hudson came on. And uh, uh, between our project, the Hudson, and others in the area, uh, they have just continued to, um, I think, add more vibrancy to the area. Well, it's true. I mean, there's, there's, there's no question. I mean, you, you and your organization have really changed the, uh, uh, the, the face of the Victoria skyline. I mean, I, all I've got to do is think back to maybe 20 years ago, and there was very little. I remember when Regent's Park at 1010, 1020 View was, um, I mean, that was 20 stories, and that was, oh, my goodness, you know, what's happening to, to downtown Victoria? And, of course, now all we need to do is have a look at all the cranes that are going up with the development. You know, so a question that people always have is, who's buying these things? I mean, obviously people are, right? Well, there's certainly a lot of buyers out there, but um, I'd like to just point out that, where these new buildings are being built, um, it is part of the official community plan of the city of Victoria. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's all appropriate. It, it is appropriate. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, though the city plan uh, was studied thoroughly, lots of discussion, and um, certainly my perspective is we we try to look at that OCP and um, and and follow the guidelines that have been uh, set forth there. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, I, I don't want to uh, dwell too much on Corazon. I mean, it's just, it, it's... It's a long time ago. It is a long time ago. But I, I am curious, as a Vancouver developer, because as you had mentioned at the start here, um, that site was brought to you, right? So I'm thinking of, I mean, you must have seen something in that site that local developers did not see. Because surely, I mean, it was it was available to them as well too, right? Uh, by all means, it was uh, was listed on the MLS. Um, I, I think there is a bit of a benefit when you come in with fresh eyes, mm-hmm. and uh, you can can look and go, well, gee, I saw a project uh, some you know in some other city. I could just see that sort of thing happening here. So, um, uh, UDI, uh, if the I the Urban Development Institute, or, yes, if I may just use that as an example, um, each year we go on a tour somewhere. Uh, you know, we've been to Portland. Um, we've been down to L.A. Th- this year. There's a tour to Austin. And those are real opportunities to see what other developers are doing in other areas. And, and then you try to bring that back. And, uh, gee, how could I fit that onto that site that might be available? So 
um, it, it's great to broaden the horizons, look for opportunities, and then how do you fit that into the community? So important. I mean, I, I for one, I'm glad that long gone are the days of the four-story wood frame building that was prolific back in early 1990s, right? Uh, I think it was actually a little bit uh, earlier than that. Yeah. Uh, those four stories, a lot of them were uh, were built under the old MERB program. Correct. And, yeah. uh, you know, that was probably in the um, uh, late 70s, early 80s. Yeah. But, uh, you know, that, that makes up so much of our current rental housing stock. It's true. And, and, and those are getting old. So, um, and you know what? I have a quote. Uh, we're going to go to break in just a moment. I have a quote that I remember that you said at the uh, affordability forum that we're going to bring up uh, before the show is over. We're here right now with David Chard from Chard Development uh, talking about uh, development and affordability here in Greater Victoria. We're going to take a quick little break. Back in just a moment. Now, The Whole Home Show with Tony Joe on CFAX 1070. Thanks for joining us. This is The Whole Home Show, and I'm Tony Joe. Our show was brought to you in part by Denise Webster, mortgage broker with Dominion Lending Services, Modern Mortgage Group, and Lori Zorn, insurance manager for Island Savings. Today, our guest is David Chard. David is the principal of Chard Developments in Vancouver and here in Victoria. We've been talking about the 491 units that he has built uh, to date since 2006 in six uh, Victoria projects, plus many more coming uh, online. Again, thanks for joining us, David. Once again, thank you. Yeah, you know, we had taught we had touched really lightly on the difference between Victoria and Vancouver. It's it's refreshing to hear what you said, which was you have found that working with people here, it's it's been a good thing for you, right? It's been wonderful. You know, I I fully enjoy it and uh, we're looking to continue that. Okay. Now, how about a little discussion about Vancouver? I mean, how different is that? I mean, we know the real estate market in Vancouver is cutthroat. Uh, from the realtor standpoint, the realtor, I can't believe I said realtor. That's <laughs> realtor. From the realtor standpoint, uh, and for anyone who's buying or selling, like it is just crazy, specifically in this marketplace right now. What's it like doing business in Vancouver from a development standpoint? Well, we stayed out of the Vancouver market for um, quite some time when we were concentrating in Victoria. Um, we've gone back into it. Uh, we've got several projects on the go. Um, it, it is a very different market than Victoria. Uh, we, we launched a project last spring, and it was sold out in a matter of a week. Yes. Um, very different than Victoria, where um, here I always say the, the market, uh, the tap goes on, the tap goes off. And, um, but with the Vancouver market, uh, th- there is a shortage of supply. And whenever there is a shortage of supply, the prices start to move up. Um, we've got um, a couple of projects in the Mount Pleasant area. Mm-hmm. So it's a, it's a trendy downtown sure. fringe area. And um, uh, it's, it's a very active market. Well, so first of all, to acquire those properties must be very difficult because it's a competitive marketplace for you as a developer, right? Very much so. You have to be lucky. Okay. Uh, you know, you, you hope those type of... Uh, um, projects will be brought to you yeah. or the land will be brought to you for consideration. But it is a very active market and uh, it's tough to, uh, to find development sites. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in terms of finding uh, contractors, builders, trades uh, and all of that, it must be very complicated right now in Vancouver. Uh, it is right now in Victoria, right? It, 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 uh, it's very difficult in Vancouver. It's very difficult in Victoria. Yeah. Um, there is a lot under construction in both cities. 
uh, you know, you see the cranes, and when that happens, uh, generally there's a shortage of uh, of labor to build those buildings. Yeah. Which so, is which is interesting because that that in and of itself, from an economic standpoint, tells us that people are busy. People are very busy. Yeah. Um, but then there's that whole argument about the escalation of prices of real estate, and and it's a, I guess it's a double-edged sword, right? But there are many different aspects of why uh, real estate prices are getting more expensive. Um, certainly on the, on the new projects, yeah. you know, land prices are definitely going up. Yeah. Um, Construction prices. Uh, we've seen significant increase in construction pricing and over the last 12 months. That's something I want to talk about because you gave a presentation at the affordability forum uh, for the CRD that, that I alluded to uh, a month or two months ago. I can't remember when it mm-hmm. was. Um, and you were talking about that. So the, the cost of construction alone has, has basically exploded, right? Um, I, I wouldn't use the term exploded, but uh, definitely uh, prices have increased uh, significantly over the last 12 to uh, 18 months. Um, And construction prices are getting higher for a couple of reasons, in my opinion. One is labor shortage. Um, We have a lower uh, Canadian dollar, and a lot of our our goods that we use do come in from the States. Mm -hmm. Um, Those items definitely, you know, just continually add to it. But we also have changes in our building code. Um, items are getting more more stringent or the requirements are more stringent and that all adds to the cost of construction. Mm-hmm. So it's not just one item, it's a combination of items. Yeah. But when you put them all together, it ends up being some pretty big increases. For sure. Uh, I mean, it's, people are, all, are often floored when they hear about uh, um, condo prices, $1,000 per square foot. But uh, one needs to consider how much is going into that, right? Uh, you do, and you have to consider the land price of where it's located. You know, you're definitely going to pay more for a property that's on the water versus one that is a little bit further back from the water, or views, or um, height of the building, uh, how many parking stalls. Uh, you know, all of those things um, determine what the true price really is going to be. Will be. We're here with uh, David Chard with uh, Chard Developments. Um, you know, it, it brings me back again. I think this is going to be the last time I'm going to, I'm going to bring up Corazon. <laughs> but uh, I, I sold a resale there last year, one of the townhouse units, one of the, um, yes. uh, the, the street front units there. And I have to say that the, the biggest selling feature there was, first of all, proximity to City Hall, as you mentioned before. But the other thing, too, is what was a parking lot is now becoming an amazing new development across the street. And I think this is just another great example of what happens over time with development, right? Well, um, in, a, in a city like Victoria, you have a lot of infill projects. And uh, you see that whether you, you know, go to Portland or you go to um, areas of, of L.A., um, the, the, the infill is exciting as it brings new life to, to the community, to the city, to the street front. Yeah. And um, that's probably the, the biggest thing I'm proud of, of the projects we've done. Uh, we've brought an awful lot of people to downtown Victoria. Mm-hmm. And it's not just um, the vibrancy of that condo or that rental project. It's what those people who are living in those buildings are doing for the community. Yeah. They're out uh, visiting the restaurants. They're at the shops. Um, they likely are going to just walk to work. Mm-hmm. Um, they may be retired, in which case they're going to get on their bicycle and go on the galloping goose. Um, but 
these people who are moving into downtown Victoria, they are allowing a greater sense of vibrancy and excitement in the downtown. Because it's only a couple of years ago that we were all concerned on what was happening to the retail yeah. uh, commercial sector of downtown Victoria. Because it was moving outwards. It was moving out. Yeah. But um, the uh, uh, tap has turned on that, and uh, you know, vacancy rates are, uh, have gone uh, way down. And you're seeing a lot of new shops um, that are exciting shops um, yeah. that have recently opened. Yes. And those are going to help uh, continue with the economic. Uh, well, we don't, again, we don't need to go that far back. I mean, I remember when the market on Yates opened, and that was a big deal because there were no grocery stores in downtown, in the downtown core. Uh, Wellburns has been there for, for years, of course, but that's kind of the outside, you know, the, the, the fringe of downtown Victoria. But to know that there are thousands, uh, I don't know what the number is exactly now, but when last I checked, there were another 3,000 uh, residences in the downtown core. These are people that all need to buy, to shop, right. to get groceries, to, you know, get um, uh, medicine, to get, uh, you know, liquor, to keep it, liquor stores busy and everything. And so, doesn't Yates on Yates do a great job? It does. You know, um, it, that, that is a, a typical question that we get with all of our condos. Um, where can I grocery shop? Yeah. And um, Yates on Yates, uh, you know, you go there, go in there no matter what time of the day, uh, it is busy. Yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, downtown downtown cores of cities really are uh, like the heart of a, of a community and a region. And when I think about people wanting to move, I'm, I'm very fortunate because I've only sold, sold real estate here in Victoria, so I don't know what it's like firsthand in other markets. But for what the city here has to offer, you know, with the Inner Harbor and, you know, f uh, festivals and events and markets and, and all of that, uh, this is the reason why Victoria is one of these places that everyone wants to end up coming to. Well, and don't forget about the high-tech sector. Yes. Um, you know, which is, is really, I think, driving the economy uh, here in, in Victoria. Of course, we've got tourism, we've got government, we've got the hospitals. Um, but uh, the tech sector is that new, exciting um, uh, industry that is, I think, really bringing vibrancy. Yeah. Um, you know, the young people working in those uh, yeah. uh, in those businesses, they want to be downtown. They want to be Walk able to go and out. bike and, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, and it's amazing because the high-tech industry is the one where we can't see them because it's not like there's retail uh, or office spaces. A lot of them are working out of their homes, right? Exactly. Yeah. We're here with uh, David Chard from uh, Chard Developments uh, talking about the vibrant downtown Victoria Core. Uh, and also talking about uh, developing uh, great uh, learning more about what Vancouver is like. I'm, I'm thrilled to hear that Victoria is such a good place to do business in. Uh, but we're going to talk a little more in just a moment about affordability. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be back in just a moment. This is The Whole Home Show with Tony Joe on CFAX 1070. Thanks for joining us on The Whole Home Show. I'm Tony Joe. Uh, we have today with us in the studio developer David Chard from Chard Developments. If you have only tuned in now and have missed the rest of the show, which, by the way, has been an amazing show, if I have to say so myself, uh, you can always find us streaming on the cfax1070.com website. Or if you are a podcast listener, don't forget that the whole home show with Tony Joe is on iTunes and Google Play. Also, if you have a real estate question you'd like answered on our show, please be sure to visit that website again, cfax1070.com, or you can call our direct hotline, which is 
414-6540. We would love to hear from you. We got so many great questions about real estate. Everyone wants to talk about real estate. You know, it's hard for someone like me who is in the real estate business, a long time in the real estate business here. I, I can almost guarantee that whenever I'm at a social event or a fundraising event or something, the question about real estate comes up. I love talking about real estate. I think everyone's got an opinion about real estate. That's not necessarily a bad thing. Uh, getting back to our guest, David Chard. Uh, David, I had asked you before about the differences of being a developer uh, in Victoria relative to Vancouver and things and, and uh, things like that. Now, I have to say, politicians listen to our show. I know this because I, I get feedback and everything. Uh, so, and I'm going to hit you up with this one that we haven't really prepared for. But what what should what does the city need to do? to make things easier for developers. And I bring that up because we're going to start talking about affordability. And uh, and I think a large portion of affordability, first of all, is supply. And, and the fact is there just is not enough supply to feed the demand here in Greater Victoria. But uh, from the city standpoint, what's your experience with approvals? Well, uh, we touched already on land prices. Land yes. prices have, have been going up. The next thing that we really have to look at is the approval process and the timeline to get projects um, uh, through, the, um, uh, through rezoning or development permit, building permit. And every municipality or city, uh, generally, they're very different. Um, they have different mindsets on what is important, and the timelines are extremely different. Mm-hmm. Um, our experience uh, here in Victoria is, is we mainly been dealing with the city of Victoria. And I'll have to say, um, in recent years, and recent being probably five to six years, uh, I think they have really enhanced their process. Okay. And um, I uh, think that they have um, sped the process up in order to get you in the door and out the door faster. And what that really means is we're able to provide product at a lower cost. Mm-hmm. Um, the longer it takes for approval, the, the higher the price is going to be for that end condo. Yeah. And it's, it's not insignificant um, because we have to look at our carry costs on the land that we're Yeah, we're so you, you've got a piece of land that's not generating any income and is sitting there as you're going through the process, right? Yes. So that's got to go somewhere. So um, we definitely look and, and try to uh, handle the, the, uh, the approval process as quickly as we can and when you have a city, and I'll say the city of Victoria has been very progressive uh, in order I'm, to I'm try to I'm glad to hear it. that because, you know, I, I, I generally hear that it may not be. So, so to hear it from you is, is, is refreshing. We are working in, in several different cities, municipalities, um, and the city of Vancouver is a challenging one. Oh, okay. Um, it, uh, it takes a long time to get a project approved in the city of Vancouver. Yeah. Um, other um, municipalities in uh, in the um, capital regional district, I don't think are as um, um, adept at processing these applications uh, mm-hmm. in a in a reasonable manner. Um, so, but I cannot speak on those directly because, like I said, uh, City of Victoria has been our primary focus. Yeah. But it's important that. Um, councillors, the mayors, um, the the city staff appreciate the importance of time. Yes. And um, time and is money. Time is money, and certainly in the development business, it is. Yeah. 
Amazing. Um, is there anything that the city could do to improve their process, or are you saying you're pretty happy with the way it is right now? I, I think, you know, I'm, I'm speaking specifically about the city of Victoria. Um, I, I think they have addressed concerns. Um, one of them, I'll use a, as an example, a couple of years ago, um, there were uh, tenants uh, looking to get to uh, open up new shops. The, the approval process to try to get their building permit to do their tenant improvements, it was taking months. Oh. Um, and these are small business people that, you know, they've signed their lease. They've got to try to get in and get They're anxious to get going, yeah. And um, through the UDI, um, we discussed this with the city because we felt it was important for the economic vitality. And the city listened. They turned it around so that you can get a building permit now if you're planning and opening a shop on, let's say, Government Street, um, within about two weeks. Amazing. And and that I think is you know just one example of how they've been responsive, mm-hmm. and uh, have addressed the timing concerns. Yes, uh, that's that is great to hear um, because one of the things I think that we would never want to become as a city is what we saw in Nanaimo years ago where the downtown just basically shriveled up with the, uh, um, with the outward growth of, mm-hmm. uh, of business there, right? It's a whole other, other different marketplace altogether. Um, you know, David, every once in a while, I'll hear people say that Victoria is becoming too dense, that there's too many condos out there right now. Um, I, I'm sure you would have an answer to that. Uh, <laughs> uh, I mean, I know, for one, that again, with net migration figures, and the amount of people that are moving into great, the entire greater Victoria, they all need a place to live. Um, I think it is just a um, fact of life that Victoria is becoming a higher density town. I mean, how, what's, how do you feel about that? You're obviously in the business. I mean, you're here to provide that, uh, that supply, right? Well, we, we certainly are looking at the density aspect, and, and, and we try to take our projects to where the density is wanted, Uh, or the city has uh, designated that in their uh, OCP. Um, The vacancy rate uh, is extremely low, as you know. Uh, Pretty well. Zero almost. Um, So so that means there are people who, you know, they need to rent. They're looking for places to rent. Uh, We've got a couple of projects on the go where we're looking, well, we are doing rental um, rental projects. Which is amazing because the city of Victoria for about 20 years did not have any purpose-built rentals uh, in town, right? That That's true, and uh, I wouldn't uh, blame the city for that. Uh, it was the economic environment. Interest rates were too high. Um, it wasn't attractive it, enough for it, developers it just, to... It just didn't work. Yeah, um, A lot of stars have aligned, um, and certainly now pension groups uh, it's it's become the thing that pension groups want to look at. They want to get into the um, rental market. So that helps to provide uh, uh, funding in order to build these. So so that's, uh, I think, very positive. Plus, the low interest rate environment is yeah. extremely helpful. Well, there's, there's no question um, uh, rentals are needed. We've talked about this on this show uh, many times before, um, how... There, the the shortage here has really the supply shortage has caused a lot of what's happening today as far as escalating prices and and things like that. But you know, every once in a while, people will say, "Well, okay, it's a fancy new development. It's going to be expensive to rent there. That's not really helping me." Uh, but we can't forget about the fact that there's an entire housing continuum 
where perhaps someone will move into the newer product, but leaving uh, another place that is an opportunity for someone else to move up that housing continuum, right? I think that is extremely important, Tony. Um, you, you've you got, uh, as, as we talked at the very beginning, a lot of those older rental buildings that were built in the uh, 70s and 80s. And um, a lot of those people are the ones who are looking to move out either to buy a condo or um, to get newer rental accommodation. And when that happens, those get freed up and can be rented to other people. And, and they are, they're definitely, you know, they're rented at a lower price point than the new, uh, the new building. The new buildings are, uh, you know, rented at a higher rate. Um, there's no question about it. Yeah. But it is, salaries have also gone up. Yes. And you have a lot of people moving in uh, to take jobs in the city. It's the convenience. It is the convenience. Yeah. But they can afford those new rental rates. Yes, there are an awful lot of people who can't afford them, yeah. but hopefully there are different types of housing uh, that can be catered to a, a broad cross-section of incomes and uh, individual requirements. Yeah, so uh, so true. We're here with David Chard from Chard Developments. We're having a conversation now. We've moved towards uh, affordability. This is really a, a big concern in the Victoria marketplace. I have come to learn, actually, it's not just Victoria. It's 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 nationwide. I mean, the market of Winnipeg has uh, issues with housing affordability in a marketplace where the average house price is just a fraction of what it is here in Victoria or Vancouver. This is something that that I think is uh, um, uh, an issue in every city, right? Um, I think it is an issue in every city, and it is something that we've heard about. Uh, you know, Tony, you and I have been in this business a long time now, and uh, you go back, and housing affordability has always been a problem. Well, and it's just the same. I've brought this up before. Um, even house prices. I mean, my my first sale was 1991, and it was $137,000 for a house. And I remember that was really expensive at the time. There, I, I can't say there's ever been a point in my career where consumers said, oh, my goodness, it's so affordable to be here. You know, it's cheap to be in Victoria. Uh, it's it's really not. Well, the, the housing prices in Victoria uh, they look reasonable compared to the Vancouver yes. market. Yes. Uh, and I think, you know, I'm sure you've seen a lot of people coming over from Vancouver uh, going, wow, I can, you know, maybe it's retirement time. Uh, they cash out in Vancouver and they are coming into Victoria. Yeah, they're selling a condo and they're buying a house. Yes. Yeah. Um, or they're coming in here and they're buying a condo. We, we certainly have seen them in, you know, a lot of our projects. Yeah. Uh, our Yates on Yates project, um, we, we typically... Uh, we sell a lot to Victorians yes. um, on all of our projects. Um, but uh, Yates on Yates, we saw more for really the first time where people were coming in from the Vancouver market. Mm-hmm. And uh, they they liked Victoria. They liked the smaller aspect of it. And um, uh, they were looking to... Um, uh, you know, get a get a foothold in the market. Yeah. What's not the like? I mean, just walk outside the front door in a safe little town uh, that is uh, that's just beautiful to look at, right? It, it's a wonderful city. Yeah. Um, you know, we're talking about affordability. We're talking about the fact that um, the housing continuum and how um, the newer developments make way for some of the older um, uh, rental units when people are moving up that housing continuum. Uh, we also talked a little while ago about uh, those four-story uh, wood frame buildings that pepper the city of Victoria here. It was just common at the time. Now, you, again, I, it inspired me. You mentioned um, 
at an event we're at, um, something that a lady uh, had mentioned to you. Want to bring that up as we close our show up here? Um, well, um, it was a public hearing or something, right? Yes, we were. Um, I'll, I'll paraphrase you. Basically, what she said was something like, um, "Today's fancy condos are tomorrow's affordable units." Units, right? That is correct. It was a young lady. Uh, we were doing a public hearing in the city of Vancouver. And uh, this lady came forward. We didn't know her. And uh, she stood up at the uh, end of the public hearing and, and, and made that, that statement. Amazing. And, um, you know, it sort of took me back and thought about it. And she goes, you know, she's, she's right. Yeah. Um, you know, it was a rather a profound statement. Yeah. And um, I, I think it's very true. And, and we're seeing that, um, I think, in, uh, in Victoria as well. Great. Well, David, thrilled to have you here. Thanks very much for being our guest. Uh, you are a wealth of knowledge. Would love to have you back at another time. Uh, thanks for coming. Thanks very much for having me here. Great. Uh, well, everyone, that's our show for today. It's the Whole Home Show with Tony Joe. Uh, we're going to be here for you this time next week.